what does it mean to regenerate? The reemergence of the concept of regeneration in our culture is a hot topic. From producers to products, legislation to certifications, celebrities to students, there's no shortage of passionate perspectives. Welcome to Regen Circle. I'm Paige Fay, and on this show, we're here to explore the reemergence of regenerative concepts and practices and their impact on ecosystems and culture. If you like what you hear, take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Welcome to the circle. So welcome everyone, I'm Paige Fay with Regen Circle, and today I have with me Dr. Gregor Kegel, who's co-founder and CEO of Archeon Technologies. Um, and he has over a decade of experience in biotech and biochem. After attending the University of Natural Resources and Life Technologies in Vienna, he continued to explore the natural world through the lens of biological sciences at the University of British Columbia in Canada. All of his research then culminated into a five-year journey that unveiled a new method of producing proteins using CO2 without agricultural inputs. This led to the founding of Archeon. Um, and Archeon is focused on finding regenerative solutions to biology, tech, and food, and they've pioneered a new approach to creating protein ingredients through the use of archaea bacteria and CO2. Gregor, welcome to Regen Circle. Thanks for having me. Hi. I found Archeon through um, one of the venture capital funds that I follow, Regen Ventures. And I'm, I'm curious, could you just tell me at sort of a very high level about Archeon and, and what you all do and, and what the science, what type of product you create? Yeah, sure. Um, at Archeon, we're producing protein ingredients, and we we always thought of a technology that allows us to do that the most sustainable way possible, while still on the product side solving critical issues that we see um, in the food space that demands new and more diversified ingredients. And the technology we developed uh, is based on something called gas fermentation, which is a fermentation technology utilizing microbes that allows us to produce the building blocks of proteins uh, called amino acids. So it's all the amino acids that we need in our nutrition and all the proteins in our body are made of. And yeah, the technology allows us, and the microbe, in fact, that we use allows us to uh, consume carbon dioxide in that process. So it's a microbe that we discovered that is solely feeding on carbon dioxide and hydrogen and allows us ultimately to build up protein ingredients, really purpose-built ingredients uh, towards the towards the demands of different customer segments uh, in the food space that can go from functional foods to alternative protein products and many more, even beyond food in the personal care sector. I became really fascinated about Archeon because I was looking at it and I said, well, what is, what is the product that they're making? Like, how does it fit into a food product? You know, is it, is it like a protein powder? Does it fit into like a meat alternative product? Is it all of the above? Like, what does the physical product that you're selling look or yeah. taste like in its natural state. Yeah, it's exactly what you said. It's, uh, it's a protein powder and it's fitting to all the above. Um, it can be used in alternative protein products like a, bee, like a burger patty. Uh, it can be used in beverages. It's, uh, we can really create more or less a powder that is always adapting towards the demand of a certain food segment. You have to imagine a, a burger patty, a vegan burger patty has a, has a very different demand on its ingredients than a vegan egg product or any kind of a plant-based milk. So we can really, with our technology, build up and purpose-build these powders, these protein powders, so it's really fitting the demand of this different product. And what would the ingredient list of an, of an Archeon protein powder look like? What would be on that ingredient list? 
Yeah, it's a, it's a very good question. So ultimately, it's a protein, right? It's exactly uh, what what you expect from a protein, but it's made of out of amino acids. So ultimately, how you can see it on the ingredients list in the end, uh, very much depends on the geography and the compliance and the labeling rules uh, that are like common in this geography. Um, we use different mixtures of amino acids. For example, sometimes in some geographies, you might still at the beginning see the single amino acid being listed, but ultimately it's nothing else to what you, what you see anywhere in a product anyways. But we hope, especially working with the regulatory bodies together, that it's kind of labeled to be just a protein, just mm -hmm. protein like Archeum protein or such. Interesting. And are there any products out on the market that contain Archeon's protein powder currently? Not so far. We are in collaborations with a lot of companies uh, that we co-develop products together. We're currently at the stage at Archeon where we scale this technology, really decrease the unit costs. Um, and so far, there's nothing you can buy with Archeon inside, uh, but there are a lot of exciting co-developments going on with uh, different companies around the globe. Okay. Now I understand a little bit more about the about the product. I still have a lot of questions, but um, you know, I would love to turn a little bit to sort of your positioning and your mission, um, Archeon within the broader, you know, regenerative and and climate change based movement within food. Um, and I, you know, I'm I'm curious. Um, there are sort of multiple camps around protein, right? And mm -hmm. and livestock being used to improve soil health. Um, versus how they're using used within industrial agriculture, and then there's plant-based alternatives, um, but they're often require a lot of water and agricultural inputs. Archeon seems sort of in a world of its own, and yet you use the word regenerative a lot in your positioning, but there's no agricultural input. So I'm curious, as a as a scientist and as a naturalist, what's your perspective on on regen regenerative and where Archeon fits in within that ecosystem? Yeah, that's a, that's a fantastic question. Actually, regenerative is already such a loaded term, right? Because we use it very often. Maybe Arkin is using it also quite often, but we use it uh, in, uh, in connection to agriculture a lot. What does regenerative mean? It simply means that we are doing something that is not changing the, our environment significantly so we can see those changes. As we did the last 100, 150, 200 years, and uh, with the, with the, especially with the second uh, uh, industrial uh, agricultural revolution, and we see the effects of it. And Archeon's technology is regenerative in the sense that we are not burning the planet while we're producing goods on this planet that we are consuming. It's ultimately, we do not use anything that has to grow on arable land for our fermentation. Our fermentation is based on simple salt water, it's based on hydrogen, which is produced by electricity, renewable electricity, and carbon dioxide. And with that, we are having a production technology of food and food ingredients in its essence that is not burdening the planet. And that's the regenerative part of Archeon. We, while we are producing things, we're just not demanding any natural resources of the planet. Rather, the energy that we can produce renewably, the carbon dioxide that is luckily and unluckily, depends on in which position you are, produced in abundance on this planet and, and abundant salts. So there's also nothing complex there. And that ultimately allows us to provide uh, living beings on this planet, um, preferably humans, with food. And that's kind of the regenerative part of our mm. Interesting. So 
the no agricultural inputs would almost be a, a sustainable approach, but then the sort of regenerative piece of Archeon is that you are actually sequestering carbon in the process. Would you say that's an accurate reflection? Yeah, yeah, and really the regenerative process, um, I sometimes like to refer as Archeon letting agriculture breathe in a way, because we have such a production pressure in agriculture, right? And uh, luckily there are all these, we tackle it from different angles, uh, one of them being regenerative agriculture, um, but what we have to do is we just have to take this production pressure from agriculture because even like transforming our current agricultural system is so difficult. Like um, there, there will always be a gap, right? Where we transition from one system to the other one and what's in between. How can we make this transition as efficient as possible? And Archeon's technology might be a very small puzzle piece, how we can circumvent that because we simply produce something that usually grows on arable land and is produced by agriculture. We produce that in a bioreactor or in a simple vessel, very similar to beer brewing. Uh, imagine we would brew beer, but we would not take anything that is growing on arable land for using that. And that's more or less what we're doing. And I think we need more of those technology that just take the burden of the, what we now know uh, agriculture um, to produce all the goods and all the food that we need for to feed ultimately 10 billion people at some point on this planet. Yeah, and I, I'm curious, how much carbon does Archeon sequester in its processes? Is it sort of negligible, or if you were to scale to, you know, serving X needs of the population, would it be a meaningful amount? Yeah, yeah. Um, so in one uh, scale bioreactor, we're using around 35,000 tons of CO2. So this is what we annually consume with one bioreactor. So you consider that uh, and bring in regard to a large bioethanol plant, which might uh, produce 200,000 to 300,000 uh, tons of carbon dioxide per year. This is coming close to one fully-fledged uh, commercial scale facility of Archeon. So we could more or less offset or better said, utilize the carbon dioxide uh, that is produced from one bioethanol plant in one of our facilities. So that is kind of the impact we're having. Um, is it tremendous? Uh, in, if we look at the global amount of carbon dioxide being produced, uh, it is not. But if Archeon scales and uh, is having its commercial scale facilities placed all around the globe, uh, we can definitely be a substantial, uh, a substantial kind of instrument to utilize carbon dioxide and not free it to the atmosphere. I would love to pivot and talk a little bit about um, where you see yourselves fitting within the biotech and agricultural is having sort of circumnavigated the agriculture altogether, using very little water inputs. Do you sort of ally yourselves with, you know, the Beyond Meats or the Meaties or the other protein alternatives of the world? Or do you see yourself in a category as a whole? As you come to market, how are you positioning yourselves and see yourself within the marketplace? Yeah. Arcan is a B2B company. We're an ingredients provider. So um, that's exactly the companies you mentioned, like Meaty, uh, like Beyond Meat, uh, that we collaborate with. Um, so we ultimately provide of, uh, of protein ingredients. Uh, and wherever um, protein is needed in a formulation, we're going to serve this market. We are focusing to have the most impact in the food industry, of course, knowing the uh, tremendous like impact that the current food production system has on our planet. Um, so that's what we're focusing on. And that goes from alternative protein products, uh, goes also to uh, flavor houses. Flavor creation is a big thing. Functional foods is an 
flourishing uh, segment at the moment that, that we are also tackling based on the capability of our ingredients. But it can also go beyond that. Um, imagine the personal care sector, uh, even beauty sector, relies on ingredients that are not sourced sustainable at all. Uh, and even there, there's a huge impact to greater for ingredients, uh, which we also focus. So the prime focus is delivering on ingredients different industries can use with a clear focus on the food industry. And will you expand beyond proteins? You know, is this specific process it just produces proteins or could you also produce carbohydrates, fats, other other ingredients? Yeah, so we are we're currently with our production process focused on proteins because we see uh, that there's a lot of work to do when you see when we look at the consumer facing side. But we have also technologies in the pipeline, especially focusing on fats, um, which is still to come. Now it's really all about the market entry of proteins. That's our full focus. But there are technologies and microbes, especially in the pipeline, that also that also produce fats, which is the second really critical ingredient when it comes to the food industry. When it comes to carbs, um, I, I feel that's really the one thing that is officially produced by agriculture, uh, considering all the different starch sources, potatoes, cassava, and so on. So uh, protein and fats is really what we focus on. We've clearly, just to reiterate on it, a prime focus on protein. And what studies have been done in terms of the human digestibility, the impact on human nutrition? Mm -hmm. This is a new technology. Um, obviously, it seems like it's a full protein, all amino acids. Beyond that, have there been any studies on how this is digested? Are there any allergens? You know, how does how is it absorbed in the body? So we are having a really new technology in how to produce protein ingredients, but ultimately the powder that we are selling and the powder that's coming out at the end is already used uh, in the industry more or less. Um, if you imagine currently we are uh, producing these protein ingredients predominantly from plant proteins, uh, and this is something if you isolate them. Protein from a plant, ultimately, this is called a uh, protein isolate. So just the protein fraction of a plant. Uh, in order to work uh, with it and use it for different products, you cannot just take this isolate most of the time. But what you have to do is you have to degrade it in its simple small building blocks, being amino acid and peptides. And those two things uh, together, if you, if you degrade it, isolate, it's called an hydrolysate. Super complicating names. I've stopped uh, throwing them at you. Uh, but ultimately, this mixture of amino acids and peptides is what's currently used in the food industry at all. And all our technology delivers on and does more or less is doing that from the other side. What we are producing currently protein ingredients top down from a plant, isolating it, degrading it. Uh, we just purpose-built them from the bottom up, meaning our gas fermentation is delivering on these amino acids, and the peptides are produced that come with flavor and functionalities that we love so much about some products. Uh, they are produced with another green technology using enzymes. So what you end up with is really what we're already eating. Um, it's just purpose-built, so it's lacking some components that give us this unwanted side taste, this off flavors, this off functionalities that makes it hard for a lot of people, including me, to drink vegan protein shakes, for example. And so ultimately, an allergenic concern, there's not much, uh, not much difference uh, on what we're currently eating. Mm. And uh, do you consider yourself a foodie? <laughs> 120%. This is... Okay. Uh, my biggest passion since I'm able to uh, to cook myself, which was when I was around 13. 
do you like the taste of a lot of the alternative protein <clears throat> ingredients that are out there? No, not at all. Like, and that's that's exactly the problem. Um, I mean, I think uh, what Beyond Meat did was impossible uh, back in the days, right? Which is already well, ten years ago, I think, or even longer. Uh, that was a substantial contribution where they used ingredients that were available and they formulated them, put them together so that we end up with something that is tasty, that is healthy, uh, potentially healthy, and is less of a burden for the planet. Um, what we see now currently is that a lot of, that we do not have many ingredients that we can actually formulate in end products like a burger patty or whatever. And this lack of ingredients uh, just um, is reflected in a lack of creativity because simply food producers currently cannot be as creative as they want to be if you have just a, a few ingredients in your hand, a handful of ingredients. Um, I always compare it with uh, building a Lego castle. Imagine you, as you as a child or your kids, they have all these different Lego bricks and they can be so creative how to build up a little castle and it looks beautiful. Imagine you have just like two different kinds of legal bricks. Like how how beautiful and creative can this castle actually look like? And that's exactly the pain point of the food industry and of the protein industry that we're trying to tackle with our Kins platform technology. Uh, and hopefully produce ingredients that are just uh, less painful uh, in producing end products and will allow us to produce just fantastic and well-tasting products. So long answer to your question. Um, but yeah, there's much to do in the flavor side. Does Archeon have a taste on its own or have you done bench or, you know, trials where you make ingredients out of it? And if so, what is it, what does it taste like? Yeah. So the beauty of Archeon is that we purpose build ingredients towards a certain segment. And that's uh, actually very easy for us with the technology. Um, with that, we can deliver on different points. Um, one example is a protein water that we created. Uh, it's a natural water. It's a five ingredients mixture. Uh, that comes with um, a full nutrition profile, full protein profile, but also a taste profile and the sweetness, uh, for example, that is derived from our ingredients. So what we can deliver on with our ingredients is something, is the nutritional value, but also functionality like taste or textural sensations. Um, and so that is, it's a tough question for us because we always purpose build something towards those needs. But the mixture itself uh, doesn't really come with a flavor. If you know what you installed, um, you can really direct all that needs, which is ex exactly that thing that you can't do if you isolate something from nature, right? You have to live with what nature provides you. In our case, we do it too, but we because it's nature that is providing these ingredients to us. But uh, we can just direct the direction of where it's going in the end. Yeah, it's really interesting, the role of, of humans directing nature, right, and utilizing science to, to do that. And, you know, when I was reading a little bit about you, would you consider yourself a naturalist? It seems like you're, you're kind of a lover of, of nature and a naturalist in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah, um, 100%. I, I'm definitely, and it's the same, it's the same with Archeon. Uh, really, if you look at our technology, this is a natural fermentation as well, right? Um, so we are not using any genetically engineered organisms uh, for the process and for the first and second generation products, especially. Um, so it's really something uh, we just, I would say, consult nature and really try to find the best fits and then we utilize nature. But we are not by any means control nature. We control the process, that's for sure. Otherwise, we couldn't provide a, a continuously good product. 
Uh, but that's all about it. So I think understanding and appreciating biology and nature by itself is the key component to create something what Archeon's creating. And if you were to sort of zoom out beyond Archeon and, and look at your perspective on, on climate change and on our growing population, on humans' impact, our relationship to nature and food, and you were to create a food-centric plan to help solve for climate change, you know, you were almost to create a diet plan for the globe. That, that would live yeah. in our but at a high level what would that look like and and what would the role of alternative proteins and what would what would the role of livestock look like and, and other agriculture and, and what would what would maybe that mix or some of the principles of that start to start to look like yeah, that's that's a question you could talk uh, two days in a row about um but to give you a short answer plant-based whole plant-based uh i think if we would transition our nutrition uh, to predominantly plant-based, uh, this would be, it would be a great uh, benefit for the planet and, and the boundaries of the planet. Um, less meat, uh, a totally different way of how we're producing meat, how we utilize animal agriculture. You mentioned it at the beginning, like you can use livestock to actually keep your soil healthy. And that's exactly how we can still like keep animals and livestock. I think that should be the way it does. So I'm, I'm personally fully plant-based and not eating any meat, but I think the future of nutrition will be heavily plant-based uh, with, with a small share of, uh, of animal-based products. And alternative pro uh, products, alternative protein products are uh, a great substitute for that to ultimately give us a diversity of products that we like so much, that we love so much in our times, and to also give us this uh, different exciting taste profiles that we like so much. Um, so they will definitely play a part. Uh, let's see how uh, cellular agriculture, culture of meat uh, is playing a role in that. It could also be a, um, yeah, a great contributor uh, to, to a wholesome diet, wholesome for humans and for the planet. Um, but definitely plant-centered is, is the diet of the future, in my opinion. Is that more based on climate impact or human health? Like, it, do you see a difference in between, okay, this is the healthiest diet for a human, for an individual, and this is the healthiest diet for a planet. And what does that gap look like? So both, uh, and I think that's strongly interconnected. There is no planetary health without human health. We occupy this planet. We are species number one uh, on this planet when it comes to our impact, but also our distribution on this planet. And um, I think a healthy human is a healthy planet and much more important, a healthy planet uh, makes healthy humans. Uh, so that's strongly interconnected. And when I'm talking about centered, plant-centered uh, nutrition, it's definitely uh, the better way of growing food for the planet, really for the impact it has on the planet, but it will also have a profound impact on humans. Um, like if we're considering all the lifestyle diseases that came up in the last 150 years based on our dietary changes, um, I think that has a huge impact on the planet as well in all the economy we built around there. So that is a strong interconnected uh, thing and that's a good part of it. If we, if we burn the planet with unsustainable measures, we're always going to burn the human. And I think we're getting the, we're getting the bill already. <laughs> at the moment with the climate fluctuations and we just have to change the way we are treating ourselves in order to change the way we're treating our planet. It's interesting, you know, philosophically, I, I totally agree that our health is so interconnected with the health of the planet. And I do agree that over the years, 
our consumption of everything has increased so drastically. You know, it's not just meat. Um, it's the type of meat. It's the things that go with the meat. It's the amount of calories we consume in a day, the amount of processed food we consume in a day. And, you know, I do think that animal agriculture has gotten demonized and certainly industrial agriculture is such a heavy weight. Um, and I also um, haven't been thrilled with a lot of the plant-based products that have come to the market, which is one of the reasons that, you know, curious about about Archeon and, and your role in the ecosystem. So I appreciate you diving me, diving a little bit deeper into the nuances there, because there does seem to be a great divide in the food industry between sort of plant-based and, and animal-based and, and the utilization of animals within the regenerative movement versus um, viewing them as, as the largest detriment. And so I enjoy talking sort of cross aisle, if you will. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic. And I think what Arkham is delivering on, we are a small puzzle piece in something uh, that we strive towards, towards, which is a circular economy, right? Uh, we just have to uh, be smarter in the things we are producing uh, for our own needs, like food, and we have to be smarter how we deal with the waste that we are generating. And I think there are so many incredible technologies out there, and not only technologies, technology is definitely a key driver, but also just concepts uh, on how we are smarter in utilizing things in this planet and um it's going to be very exciting but ultimately we're living in a capitalist system and we have to understand we have to play these rules and within these rules we can create something that is of value for everyone um and yeah that's what we i guess all take care of and what we strive towards to shift it back a little bit more to to archeon um you all are based in Austria, but you have an office in the U.S. What do you see as the differences between the food markets and specifically for Archeon within Europe and the U.S. And, and the different perspectives? And is there a market you're focused on or that you feel is more open or amenable to, to using your product? Yeah. So Europe is a very foody continent, I would say, but definitely very segmented as well uh, based on our history. Uh, we are also definitely much more conservative when it comes to innovation, uh, innovation in food, but also in general, but especially in food. And we see uh, more of a doing and progressive culture in the US. Uh, that's also the reason why we're having an established satellite office there. Um, and that's also our primary market. When it comes to new technologies or producing food with new technologies, we generally see uh, a more flourishing ground in the US um, that comes on the when when we consider consumers. Uh, that's definitely one factor. Another factor is where can we build our commercial scale facilities the most efficient way possible. And clearly with the Biden-Harris administration and the Inflation Reduction Act, which uh, includes substantial investments into, into bioeconomy and clean tech, that's a huge incentive for us to consider the US also as a uh, primary spot to build our first commercial scale facilities. Uh, that's not said. We are we are giving up on Europe. Um, I'm an Austrian. I'm a European heart, uh, but we definitely have our challenges there. Um, so, long story short, uh, I think the primary market for us at the beginning is the US. Also, when it comes to the production, commercial production sites, but we are having many conversations in Europe and Austria on all the different aspects um, when it comes to production sites and other incentives that we still follow up on and. We're confident that we can serve also this continent and definitely also all other continents. So we're also, of course, looking into Asia 
Latin America, Africa is also a big part uh, for the future. Um, yeah, and hopefully there's more to come. Yeah, I, I hear you on Europe, but there are some countries that I, I've seen um, in spending time there that have focused a lot more on, on plant-based diets over the years, and some that maybe less. I don't see Spain giving up jamón anytime soon. So I think that's probably and good. France giving up cheese. <laughs> right. <laughs> probably going to be a little bit harder. Um, so my last couple of questions here, um, you know, I found Archeon through Regen Ventures investment. I saw that they invested in you all, and it seems like you just close seed round where is archeon in its life stage and what's kind of your one to three year plan at a, at a high level for fundraising and getting the market yeah we closed our seed round one and a half years ago and closed another fundraising round which we call pre-a round uh, just uh, a few days before christmas last year which is very exciting uh, we are now uh, around two years old um, and we're at the stage where it's really all about scaling so the R&D, the science is very robust, it's solid, and we have to scale our biomanufacturing sites. Um, we are now having a, a, a little pilot, a 150-liter bioreactor being built up uh, in the north of Vienna, in Austria, which, which is very exciting, and we're currently conceptualizing our demo facility, which is the last step before we can go commercial, which will uh, allow us to already produce around three tons a year, which is nothing considering the demands of the food industry, but it's definitely letting us serve different markets already out of the demo facility uh, that are more on the low volume side and definitely also higher margins. So that's currently the stage. It's really all about scaling and go to markets. It's a very exciting phase for Archeon. We have a fantastic team of 35 people that are rocking the boat every day to make sure that we are hitting our goals. That's exciting. And will you be attending any of the conferences in the US or anything upcoming? Yeah, we, we just took part in March at the Future Food Tech in San Francisco, which was incredibly exciting. What a huge and fascinating conference to be part of. Mm -hmm. um, definitely there's September, there's the Good Food Institute conference, the G5 conference uh, back in San Francisco or in the Bay Area uh, that we're going to follow up on. And yeah, let's see. That's the, that's the main events that weren't on, a, on our plate at the U.S. West Coast, especially. And of course, going soon to Vancouver to attend the Planted Expo, which is maybe not a tech conference, but really a huge conference of plant-based products. Very excited to get all, all the different tastings uh, in there. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to those. Exciting. So my last and final question is, if you were to define the word regenerative in one sentence, how would you define it? There are so many ways, and I don't want to reiterate uh, on... Uh, on definitions that you can read maybe, maybe on Wikipedia. Uh, so let me get, get you a simple one that how I think about it. It's simply respecting the planet while we are taking something from the planet and understanding the impact of it and reducing the impact. And I think if we do that the best way possible and we strive to excellence there, uh, that's for me the regenerative in its essence. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you liked what you heard, take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the show. And if you want to learn more about how to get involved with The Circle, visit us at our website or on social media. We're always looking for like-minded people to connect with.